the Samsung Neo QLED 8K TV featuring incredible color volume with 8K AI upscaling powered by 20 neural networks on an impossibly slim screen is the kind of TV that's so visually astounding, so unfathomably well-designed, it has to be seen to be believed. Don't believe me? Well, okay then. Radio has its limits. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. since we use this stuff. I hope it still works. It should. Power cells have a half-life of 5,000 years. There's no time for a bench test. Heat them up. Do
gotta be fucking kidding me. What are you talking? Dude, that's the new Ghostbusters scene. Oh my god. No, it, it, it's it's Fallout Boy. That's that's the new theme that they're putting out there for the Ghostbusters. We, we gotta get behind this. Oof, wait, 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 wait. Why do you have to get behind this? Why this do we, this is what oh, oh, why people now are associating with Ghostbusters. Mm. Who are you going to call, Mike? Because I'm not afraid. Not that piece of shit I'm not going to call. Yeah. 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 This is new Ghostbusters, Mike. This is the Ghostbusters of the wait, day. Wait, this is second. Ghostbusters. Are you, are you a pod person? <laughs> this is Ghostbusters, man. Has, 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 has just... Just has get your, over. It. Has your girlfriend like just, just get over it. blown this into your brain? The eighties are over and dead. What? This is the Ghostbusters of today. No. No one will remember Dan Aykroyd, Bill no. Murray. None of them. They're dead. They're gone. That show is buried. I can't have new Slimer with girlfriend Slimer. Yeah, new Slimer, Slimer has a wife and he has fucking kids no. and he ain't afraid either. No! Yeah. No! It's true, Mike. I it's all true. Everything I, you I thought can't. is fucking true. I can't. He's not gonna drive the bus and fucking Rick Moranis no. is not gonna be there and he's gonna be like, okay, no, he doesn't have I a hope license. you have your license. Mew, mew. No. Steady's no. driving a car with some fucking slut ghost. I can't. Yes, yes, he is. Why did they put him with it's a slut? Like... Why did they put him with a slut? He doesn't deserve a slut. It's Slimer. And Slimer's not scary anymore. Slimer's got a fucking wife and kids. Fuck him. I want him in that hot dog cart eating fucking hot dogs. That's what I want, and I want that fucking ghost. I want him, I want him to Welcome pop out, and I want the vendor to be like, oh, whoa. And I want him to be like, ah. And his mouth is full of fucking hot dogs. That's what I want. I'll give him a hot dog even. 2016, man. Oh, God. Oh, God. Take me back to the 80s. Please take me back to the 80s. I can't do this. Take me back.
takes to kiss. When I said I'd give him a hot dog, I meant I'd give him my penis. Yeah, I assumed. You still recording? Yeah, I'd let him take it because you know, he's a ghost. So, so you'd let Slimer take your penis? Ah, uh, that that might be enjoyable. He could well because he, see, he is unlike. No, wait, the, here's a question: Would yes. would he slime you, or would you slime him? Ah, uh, I think we'd end up sliming each other. But I all right, and welcome back. What the to fuck? HS life. I didn't say I was ready, and you just rolled with it. I did. Because now people you are going to know, you know, what... If you talking about Slimer sucking your dick. Ah, <laughs> well. You know. And we are once again... you got to give the people what they want, sir. Not live, but pre-recorded from Press Play Video. Pre-recorded from Press Play Video. By the way, ha- uh, did you notice that big um, pile of tapes over there? Yeah. You've got to rewind them. They're unrewound. Oh motherfucker! And you and Tony said that you cannot leave until they're rewound. Mm. Well, Tony didn't say I couldn't smoke cigars in the store, so fuck Tony. Oh, uh, you got to get the um, um, that fucking dehumidifier, the the fucking air purifier, dealie, and you got to set that on the counter and turn it on. If it's not turned on, you're gonna be in trouble. It'll just make the store smell better. And let's face facts, the fucking fire alarms haven't had goddamn batteries in them since the 90s. Yeah, since 97. <laughs> That's when we opened. So obviously when we opened, we didn't have fire alarms. Or... That shit's overrated, man. No. Um, so how was your weekend, by the oh, way? Shit. How was your weekend? Uh, it, was, it, was, it wasn't bad, man. It went by quick. Um... Yeah, I was all set up. I was going to go watch uh, fucking Independence Day Resurgence on Saturday. Yeah. 
And then I ran late and I didn't get to go see it. So I watched, uh, the fuck did I watch? I watched, um, shit. It wasn't even bad. Fuck. Mm. I don't remember. You don't remember. I don't remember, but I started to watch, uh, uh, on the other side of the door or the, the other side of the door. Mm. I only made about 17 minutes into that. Didn't I give you that? I think I did. You did. And mm. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I only made it about 17 minutes in. I don't expect you to oh. enjoy everything you can. I, I, I watched uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. That was that okay. Let's talk, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that. That. Now, I don't care about the whole, you know, some people are like, well, it wasn't tied to Cloverfield. I don't like it, like little pussies. I, I think it takes place in the same world, but past that, it who cares? I think it's it does. It's a good just, fucking movie. Just a different area, yes. And John Goodman. That motherfucker plays an amazing, amazing crazy psycho bastard bitch. Yeah. I mean, I liked him on Roseanne, but I'll tell you what. Like, that shit did not show his true range. No, no. He 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 was amazing in this. Really, really showed what quality of an actor he is. And then uh, Mary Elizabeth Winston. Oh, yes. She is another one. Yeah, she's really good in it, too. You know, I think that it's very hot when a woman uses three names. (laughs) And you think, okay, her name is Mary Elizabeth Winstead. So, if you abbreviate that, it's like, Mew. Which, if you, like, speed that up, it's like, Mew. And you know what, you know what sound makes? Mew. Pussy? Yes, and she has one. <laughs> so that's like, so, like, it's like, meow. So it's like she's calling to me. Basically, meow. you just masturbate to her way too much. I never have, but now, you know, Not after, yet. After, after making this analogy, I think I may have to. Yeah. Yes. Meow. <laughs> Well, yeah, that was a really good movie. I, I like how they played up the, the mystery and whatnot. Yes. And then on uh, Sunday, I did get to see Independence Day Resurgence. Yes. Independ- uh, now, I still haven't seen it. But, see, I was a little skeptical, and I think I told you this off-air, that I thought, well, you know, I don't know what they can do now. Because it seems like... I don't know. It didn't do very well opening weekend, and I believe opening weekend is the most important, you know, for studios to make decisions. Usually, but it, they they look at the overall picture too. Once you calculate in the entire world, but from what you're telling me, it's not looking promising. I, th- I think it only made forty one million the opening weekend, and I believe as of right now, it's only at like ninety one or ninety two or something like that. And the budget was $165 million, so. I guess Brent Spiner ain't coming back for three. Well, I'll, I'll give you guys a quick little spoiler-free rundown. We all know the aliens come back. Are they scary aliens with those fucking tentacles again, like in the first movie, where he's like, Yeah, exact Welcome same to Earth. species. What's that? It's the exact same species. So absolutely. you see those fucking aliens a lot? Oh, yeah. You I even get to see it. the queen. I won't watch it because it'll scare me. And uh, it, it's real time, so it does take place now in 2016. 
their world was drastically different after the world war bleh, after the war of 1996 than ours. And man, if you're a fan of the original, mm-hmm. this thing is damn near the perfect sequel. Huh. It's not as good as the original, but rarely are films. Right. But this thing is just like a big fucking retarded sloppy kiss to the 90s disaster porn films that the original was. It is so in line with that genre. It's amazing. Like, I left there hard. Like, fucking mahogany hard. Oh, my God. So, wait. So, so then, basically, what you did when you got home was you pulled out one of your um, fine cigars from our sponsor, and you lined it up with your penis, and you were like, wow, this cigar is incredibly more well-endowed than I am. Oh, no, that that's how you do it, Mikey. Ah, yes. But uh, I, I freely admit, you'll, you'll cry like a bitch in this one. I, I was tearing up. Like, Bill Pullman has some good lines again. You know what? I wanted to ask you about Bill, Bill Pullman. Sorry to interrupt, but um, because I've seen, like, TV spots or trailers or something, and it seemed to me that they took a page from Star Wars and for the past 20 years, like in between, um, you know, the, you know, between the, uh, the original and this one, Bill Pullman was living in a swamp like Yoda was in Empire Strikes Back. And um, whoever um, Will Smith's character, um, Hiller, whoever his son is, went into the swamp to pull Bill Pullman out and back into reality to help us fight the aliens again. Yeah, no, not at all. That would you have just been a made much better up. film. Yeah, but that would have been a much better film. No, he he's kind of had a mental breakdown after, you know, the war and his uh, mental connection with the alien hive. Well, he looks like a much grayer um, Viking. He's 20 Rhodes years king. older. Well, again, he looks like a Viking Rhodes King that's like all gray. Um, But no, he has some... Once again, he fucking delivers the lines, man. Does he shave the beard eventually? He does. Thank God. Yeah. Um. Really, really good film. Uh, is it the quality of the original? No, but it is totally worth seeing. If you're thinking that it's like, you know, Emmerich's Godzilla, don't worry. It's not. It's fucking good. Um, do you see a shot of Will Smith's character's plane crashing into a mountain or a desert or an alien? Like they said that that's how he died or something? No, he's, it, it just happened in the past and they don't really talk about it. Oh, so you don't see like his plane incinerating and, you know, the sun like carrying his ashes on the dashboard of his ship. And he's like, I'm doing this in honor of you, Pop. And then at the no, end, but the, like, there there is real heavy ties to the past, and you do get to see some of the original characters that come back not make it through this invasion. So you don't see um, Will Smith's like. Um, no, Will Smith was was in the DC universe making fucking Suicide Squad, so he was too good for this. Why? No, no, no. He just doesn't like to do sequels. That's why he didn't do that. No, no, no. He was just too good for the fucking movie that made him famous, and it was just like, no, fuck First you guys. Of all, First of, all, first of all, it wasn't Independence Day that made him famous. It was another VHS title known as Made in America from 1993 with Ted Danson, Whoopi Goldberg, and Mia Long. 
Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm talking about the one that made him a household motherfucking name. Well, that was Bad Boys 1995. That was Bad Boys 1995 with Martin Lawrence and Taya Leone. That made him a household name, bitch. Sorry. The breakout star. Welcome to Earth. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. He made that fucking movie. Without him, there would be When you think of fucking Will Smith, you fucking think of Independence Day. Actually, I don't, but that's okay. What do you think of? I think of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Bad Boys, Made in America. In that order. Made in... uh, Who the fuck even remembers Then then there's a movie called Six Degrees of Separation where he plays a gimp. That I also remember him for. Well, of course you can remember that one. Yes. Fucking hell, Mike. I think he was right. gay in that movie, too. That's amazing. So, anyway. Yes. My suggestion is, if you are a fan, go fucking see Resurgence. It's good. It's fun. It's great. What do you think the third one will be called? Intergalactic? Uh, ID-43. Intergalactic. Sure. <laughs> Well, this is ID42, for Christ's sake. ID42. ID43. ID44. ID45. They should have really just gone with that. ID46. ID42. It should have really just been ID42. And then just like. The picture of Earth and all the alien writing coming down like it's a fucking barcode. And then just ID-4-2. Yeah, and you know what? They shouldn't even do 2, like ID-4-2. It should be ID-4 squared. Oh, Jesus, no. Yeah, and then ID-4 cubed. (laughs) And then ID... What is the square root of ID-4? I don't fucking know. Do you? The square root? Yes, of ID-4. 2, jackass. No, Oh, no, no. ID is in there, too, so it can't be four. Oh, it's ID, two. Anyway, moving on. Where would have ID, four is ID, two? Okay, anyway. So, something that I'm ashamed that we didn't get to talk about. Um, No, no, I'm actually not. That's, That's not the right word. Something I feel obligated to talk about, even though I'm not interested. There we go. Mike, how was your weekend? (sighs) Ah. Well, uh, it was another lonely weekend of masturbating in the Kleenexes and watching Donald Pleasant's film, wasn't it? Um, well, actually, it's 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 into towels now. Thank you very much. And um, no, Saturday I went with Tony because he likes me more to see. I think John he just feels bad because you're gimp. Well, that could be the reason, but I like to think it's not. But it could be. And uh, we went to see John Carpenter at the Keswick Theater here in Philly. It was a brilliant show, and I'll tell you, he, there was no intermission. It basically started, he came out at like 8.04, and it was over by about 9.30. And he opened the show with the Escape from New York theme. I didn't think he was going to open with that. I figured he would have opened with... um, Vortex, which is a track from his Lost Themes album, which is his non-movie-related music or scoring, which is really good. 
Um, his son and uh, godson are amazing, and there's um, a uh, a drummer and somebody else in the band. I don't remember who they are at this point, so forgive me on that. But you know, um, but there was a little screen behind him that would show footage from the films as he was playing the themes. Nice. So, you know, I was seeing Snake Plissken and the president, Mr. Donald Pleasance, and Adrian Barbo. Oh, I certainly did. <laughs> uh, and Tony just looked over at me in disgust. And I think he was happy that the lights were down and that right. nobody could see me. And it was so loud that nobody could hear my laugh cry. <laughs> but I did laugh cry. And then um, after Escape from New York, I think, oh, what did he play after that? Oh, then after that, it was Assault from Assault on Precinct 13. And then he played some non-film stuff. Um, then he whips out sunglasses and puts nice. them on. And you see on the screen behind the word obey. And then money is your God. And then a bunch of like other things from the movie. Then you see like scenes from the movie as he continues to play. Brilliant. Then he said um, that he made a film um, in 1982. He did not compose the score. But in honor of Ennio Marcone, Marconi. Or Marcone, or Mar I don't know how to pronounce it, and I'm going to butcher it. But I think it is Marcone. Yes. Um, but in honor of him, he would like to play the opening titles to the thing. That, yeah, and that one feels so Carpenter anyway. That, sir, was incredible. And every track, every song... Or every every score, everything that he played, I had chills the entire time. I loved it. I mean, it transcended awesome to me. There's there's it went beyond words. Beyond words. And then um did you hear any of the lost theme stuff ever? Yeah, yeah. You did? Did you hear the track? I can't remember which one it's on, but it's 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 called Night. Yeah, I think you that was that? my favorite actually. Yes. When they went there were there was a part, I forget what was the last uh the last film theme he played before it, but he said he said, you know, up until now the, the music has been um positive. Um, but I'd like to go a little darker with um Daniel Davies and Knight. And then he start, they start like playing that. And it was another chill-inducing performance. I mean, seriously, that, it was incredible. And then, of course, you get to Halloween. And I have to tell you, between hearing him play that music, and, and we did play on episode one, we played his, his new, newly recorded interpretation of the theme. But I have to tell you, the performance this past Saturday night was better than that theme. 
because he had he had somebody there on drums, you know, the drummer of the band now, who wasn't there in the beginning, but he's there now. He had the drummer keeping time and doing a beat the for the entire theme that you would have normally heard on a synth synthesizer. Hmm. That was incredible. And I think I actually posted a link to a performance in New York from the night before, you know, we went from Friday night, July 8th in New York. If you listen to that, that's pretty much exactly what, um, what I got on Saturday. Then he went into the fog and he had a fog machine out and that was pretty cool. And then, you know, you see all that stuff on the screen behind. Then he went into Big Trouble in Little China. And um, I forget how he introed that, but it was pretty clever. He didn't intro everything, just like, you know, breaks in between. And then, you know, for the final piece of the night, he said, he said, you know, I want to thank you all for coming out. We had a great time on stage. Um, but I want you all to... Take care and be careful driving home because Christine is out there. And then he just went into it. And I got to tell you, the update of that theme was mind-blowing. <laughs> and it was a perfect way to end the show. Perfect way. Yeah, I got to say, I'm back on. I'm jealous. I'm... Then after that, we went to Denny's and I got a cinnamon pancake breakfast and eggs and sausage. He got <laughs> pancakes and sausage. No, he got pancakes and bacon and eggs. And then I got coffee. And then we were drinking and talking. And I was very emotional. And then afterwards, we had milkshakes and I felt like a fat fuck. As you should. Yes. But that was my, my Saturday, and then Sunday sucked, and then I'm here. Yeah, but your Saturday made up for it. It did. So, before we get into our second segment, let's let's not just gloss over the master himself, John Carpenter. But, Mike, I, I feel remiss. we we got to talk about this. Yes. I know it's a little bit old news, but you, you're bringing him up. So, John Carpenter has signed on to executive produce the newest Halloween movie being uh, released by Blumhouse. What are your thoughts on this, man? Hmm. Well, here's my thing. And I know everybody's like, and I know he said in statements now, because it's funny because now he's coming out and he's, 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 you know, making sure to say how he thinks that, uh, you know, The Walking Dead isn't good, Friday the 13th sucks, all that crap, whatever. Um, people have to remember, okay? He's an executive producer. He's not directing it. He's not writing it. Basically, it's just his name. That that That's all it is. I mean, he says that he's going to be involved in the creation of it, but look... I don't think his say is going to be that great. I mean, 
it's more what the studio is going to want to do in the end. Now, I think the smart thing to do, and I really think that at this point in his life, I think Carpenter would do it. I think they should say, okay, look, why don't you come back and um, write it and direct it for us? Get us back on the right track, because that's what he says he wants to do. But he's not going to be able to do it in just that executive producer role. That's not going to do it. He needs to get behind the computer or whatever and just give us his Halloween. You know what? Take your 1978 Halloween and 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 give us um, a Halloween for 2017, but infuse it with what made the 78 original so great. That's what you need to do. And, oh, and compose the score. Which I, I had heard from another source that he was actually going to compose the score. There's a very good chance that he will be doing that. But still, he needs to write and direct it if it's going to be any good. I, I think there's almost no chance in hell that he will direct it. Um, towards writing it, I, I hope that he actually, I'm not saying writes it himself, but maybe has a voice in that. I would love that whatever filmmaker they choose to helm this gets, you know, writes his script and then Carpenter gets a pass over it. You know, Carpenter gets to come in and just be like, no, not this. And, and just, that would be awesome. And then I, I want him to actually be somewhat of a, uh, an active role in this, you know, like an actual executive. I'd like him to, to watch cuts and make suggestions and stuff like that. Well, the only way I, I still think the only way you're going to get him to do that is if you give him a more substantial role aside from executive producer or composer. He needs something more substantial to, you know, let his voice be heard or, or give us the, you know, make the 10th installment the scariest of them all, as he says. Yeah. But one can be hopeful. I mean, I don't, I don't fucking know. To be fucking honest, man, they'd be fucking retarded not to back this guy. This guy fucking modernized horror and slashers and, and took it into a whole new realm in the fucking 80s. And for them not to get behind him, not to fucking push this guy at this point that he has come back to this project. Right. Saying that he wants to helmet, that he wants this to be the scariest yet. Not that he wants to direct it, but he wants to steer it in that fucking direction. For anyone at Blumhouse not to just get behind this guy and push him and say, fucking do it, is so mind-numbingly stupid that I can't fucking stand it. And look, I mean, why? while I like... You know, Blumhouse produced films for the most part. The Darkness was a little, eh. You know, a lot of people say they are the future of horror. They are where horror is going. Um, to an extent, I agree with that. But, I think for a property like Halloween, okay, you really need to take a lesson from the master and have him kind of like say, okay, this is where the franchise is now. And we have to take it back to what made it great. Because that's the only way it's going to work. And nobody else can capture that 
but Carpenter, um, except for maybe our upcoming guest, Brian Rosenthal. But we'll see about that. I, I don't know. I they they really have to to back him. And I mean, past that, I just do not fucking know. But it, it it's Blumhouse. It's hard to say, but. I'm hopeful. Does their hopeful. logo scare you? What that that little the way it's uh, like the the rocking chair and then the bulb in the room and it's like B H. That that's a fucking good one to be honest with you. I, I do enjoy that. That makes a me think of like a bow, like a bow <laughs> movement. <laughs> and on that low a note, bow is hard. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> It's so hard, it's going to tear you for Oh, my ass bleed. Please. You will yeah, bleed, whore. That would be great. Have a fucking... Yeah, because don't they have, like, a noose come down or something at one point? That would be great if they have, like, somebody, like, a noose fucking fall down in between the B and the H, and then just have... Because you know when you die, you shit and you piss for a final time. So just have, like, the shit fall out of their asshole. Just, just to go shit fall? Yes. All right. And on that really low note, we're going to take our first break and we will be right back after this.
right, and we're back on VHS Life, and we're going to talk some Ghostbusters. Not that, um, and I'm not sexist by saying this, but not that um, other thing that's coming out Friday that looks atrocious, but no, I'm not sexist. It's just horrible. Um, <laughs> no, well, first and foremost, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about the classics, but we have to introduce And the Mark. cartoon. I do have the cartoon one. Cartoon. We do have to introduce our very special guest for this segment, Mr. Brian Rosenthal. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, why the hell is he a special guest? Who the fuck is this Brian Rosenthal? Well, I'm wondering the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> if you have ever watched any short films on YouTube, uh, you probably know who Brian is. Brian is one of those few talented people out there that actually puts out quality when they put out short films. He's the man behind, well, one of the men behind, but the visionary, let's call it that, because it sounds nice. That's the most important. You're too kind. You're definitely too kind. <laughs> the visionary behind the Marvel Zombies versus Ash. Uh, I guess it would be series now. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, if if you count uh, if you count two as a series, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess three is like a magic number, so two seems odd. Which I'll you know I'll give everybody that. Yeah. So uh, we've talked before, but um, hey, man, if you want to let the the listeners out there know who you are, go for it real quick, and then uh, well, Mike can. Get over his PTSD of Slimer, and we can talk some Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, uh, as John said, I'm Brian Rosenthal. I'm the director behind pretty much most of this stuff on uh, YouTube channel WTFLOL. You can find uh, you can find my work at YouTube.com forward slash WTFLOL82. Uh, and you can also find me on Twitter at Brosenthal82. Um, we're also on Facebook. Uh, facebook.com forward slash wtflol youtube uh but yeah that that's me i'm kind of a filmmaking hopeful and i do stuff on you know short films and skits on youtube and hopefully one day you know be able to work my way up to a feature film so that's me in a nutshell uh, i don't think you're giving yourself enough credit but we'll leave it <laughs> thank at you that. i appreciate yeah. it all right so guys let's let's actually get into ghostbusters and uh Let's focus on the classics. So, obviously, first and foremost, let's, let's talk about the 1984 original Ghostbusters. So, what do you guys actually remember about this? A lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there doesn't really have to be a format here. I'm just saying, right. you know, this thing came out. What do you guys actually remember of this film? What do you? Re- what is, like, your earliest fucking memory of this? I would say probably for me, uh, it was around 80, 87 or so. Uh, it was right around the time the cartoon first hit, um, the original real Ghostbusters cartoon. And I knew there was a movie because I used to go to, uh, there was a video rental store next to, uh, Kings Plaza, uh, in Georgetown where I grew up in Brooklyn. And uh, I, I would go there all the time with my family, and I knew that there was a Ghostbusters movie, but once I saw the cartoon, I put two and two together. I was like, oh, my God, I got to see this. You know, as a five-year-old kid, I was, like, going out of my mind. Uh, but uh, my buddy had it um, across the street. Uh, my little buddy from, uh, I guess, where the, what pre-K or whatever the hell grade I was in at the time. And uh, I we we basically watched part of it at his place and, like – 
I ended up sneaking away with it and watching the whole thing. And so <laughs> I, I was exposed to it pretty early and I was blown away. I was like, this is pretty much the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I know what I want to do with the rest of my, like that, that, that was my star Wars pretty much. <laughs> so that, that's, that's ghostbusters for me. And I've, I've been a hardcore ghostbusters fan ever since, you know, I watched the entire, the entire cartoon series, even when it became Slimer and the real Ghostbusters and turned to complete shit. Uh, yeah. Well, are we, are we allowed to, can we go? No, yes, please yeah. do. Oh, great, great, great. So yeah, no, that, that show turned to complete shit. Uh, after the first few seasons um i guess we can we can talk about that afterwards but like first few seasons of that show was amazing i was totally hooked had all the toys had everything um never got into extreme ghostbusters i saw a few episodes though um and obviously you know 89 when the second movie hit that was like at the peak of ghostbusters everything you know so like that was the biggest movie in the world for me and i couldn't understand like even as a kid when i heard that people sort of didn't like it I, I didn't get it as a kid. And to this day, as an adult, like there's a lot of movies like looking back that I can go, OK, you know, th- it's just nostalgia. That was that was actually really shitty. You know, you come back to some movies and they just don't work you know, anymore. But Ghostbusters is one of those movies. Uh, Ghostbusters 2 is one of those movies that I think is fantastic uh, to this day. I, I revisit it constantly. Um, it's it's great. So I don't know. I'm, I'm hardcore Ghostbusters through and through. And that's why we invited you on. And Mike still has a house. I know. I I agree. It's 1985. Yes. Um, But no, my question, that is weird. I don't understand the hate for Ghostbusters 2 either because I loved it. And honestly, I don't know about you, Brian or John, but um, Ghostbusters 2, I think I've seen more than the original Ghostbusters at this point. Uh, It's about neck to neck for me. Um, it, it, it's original. Original has more viewings for oh, me. Of course it has, sir. Yes. Uh, Mike, why don't you, you give us, uh, kind of your, your earliest recollections. Um, hopefully not of Slimer touching you inappropriately or bleeding <laughs> into the floor, whatever no. fucked up thing um, you had. No, but I did have the, the toys, you know, with the proton pack and I used to wear it around and it had, um. Oh, what the hell? Wasn't it like slides or something that you could project on the wall? And I think slime Yeah, yeah, there was one of the one of the toys had uh like a little projector thing that you That's would insert it. a cartridge in. Yep, yeah, one of the guns. It was like one of the things that you never saw on the show, but there was a toy and you're like, What the hell is this? It's Ghostbusters, I'll buy it, fuck it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like to pretend that I was a gimpy Ghostbuster at that point. <laughs> that was fun. Um We all did. <laughs> The earliest Ghostbusters memory for me was, let's see, it was 1984 in a dark theater. I was five years old. Really? Yes. That's crazy. Um, And to this day, I still have not looked at the librarian ghost. I always hide my face, and I am 37 years old, and I have not seen the librarian ghost. (laughs) <laughs> because it scares it just scares the fuck out of me <laughs> just 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 like i remember being a little kid and in that theater and they're going up to it and i said okay something's going to happen young me was like something is going to happen something's going to happen look down in the popcorn now and i did in the air and i'm like <laughs> something happened and i can't look at this because it's just so fucking scary. So I never <laughs> looked at it, and to this day, I have never seen it. 
Well, here don't know what it looks like. I I I can go off on that. Um, when I was growing up in the eighties, my sister, my my half sister, is ten years older than me. So, little precursor. Um, very likely, the very first horror film I ever seen was Poltergeist. And I still to this day remember when that film came out on VHS, my family rented it. I spent most of the time hiding in our kitchen, peeking around the corner and crying about the fucking ghosts in that because it terrified me. That's such a good movie. I I still blame that movie for my fear of ghosts. But I think my parents tried to to calm me with Ghostbusters. And... Mm -hmm. I had seen Ghostbusters repeatedly to the point as a small child, I, I had it memorized. Like, so I, it was almost like a security blanket. Yeah. Like, like I, I was reenacting it out in my fucking head, just scene for scene, line for line. Like, I was a little fucking rain man there for a little <laughs> bit. And, uh, yeah, it, it really just was a security blanket and it was a hell of an experience. And, and that's really kind of the thing about this film that even like today fucking holds up to me is the fact that children can watch it and are fucking entertained and adults can watch it and are entertained on a whole different fucking level. It's like a fucking yep. Pixar film in 1984. Wait, wait, one mm-hmm. second, one second. When you say you reenacted the film and you were like a rain man for a second. Okay. Did you reenact the scene in the montage when um, Dan Aykroyd, you know, Ray is on the bed and the belt <laughs> buckle gets unbuttoned and the pants go down and then he's like, ah, and he rolls on the floor. Did you like reenact that? In my head? Yeah, but I wasn't actually like physically doing well, any of because, it. Because see, when I first saw the movie up until I was, I don't know, until I realized what a Hummer was, I was like. Right. You don't put that together as a kid. I'm of like, is he pooping his pants? Yeah, and I never went back. That's what he was doing. And then, like, when I got older, I'm, I'm like trying to like rationalize it in my head. I'm like, okay, how is the ghost getting her mouth to stay around his cock to do the (laughs) fellatio? How is that working? Well, if you remember, ghost, (laughs) if you focus hard enough, you can move physical objects. So she was just really focused on his cock. Well, then she must have been really, like, doing it hard because I'll tell you, he was enjoying it and she just took it to a whole other other level. That was brilliant. Well, I guess we can assume what she did in another lifetime. and that's well, I think there's dreamless. actually, like, a cut scene from that as well. Like, that's, there's a longer version of that sequence in, uh, you know, the, the cutting room floor somewhere at Columbia. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, I, I read about it. It's, uh, it's, that was lo- a part of, like, a a much longer sequence, I guess, like it was a couple of minutes long. And I, I, I don't re- recall the whole story off the top of my head, but it's like, I want to say I read it in that like Ghostbusters, like compendium thing that came out recently that basically like chronicles the making of like the first two movies and everything. Mm-hmm. It's like this sick, big coffee table book. I, I picked it up on um, diehard Ghostbusters. What can I say? Nice. Nice. <laughs> so he shot it through her ghost body. Yeah, apparently she doesn't have to worry about swallowing or spitting. Ah, that's clearly the way not. To go. <laughs> but uh, with this one, like like I was saying, it's so well done that it entertains both children and adults. And 
I, I love kind of the the myth that it builds and the the villain like the big bad in this fucking oh, great yeah. mm-hmm. i mean Absolutely. truly iconic yeah i mean that that whole that whole production from like start to finish was lightning in the bottle like they they could do no wrong almost you know like once they kind of you know, with a film like that, like once it gets its stride, whether it's in the writing phase, the shooting phase, like there's almost nothing that can stop it. And it's it's a one of a kind, you know, like so much so that movies to this day are still trying to be another Ghostbusters. And, you know, pretty much everything other than Men in Black has failed. And I, I personally don't really care for Men in Black. I never really I never got the hysteria over it. I, I, I like the trailer a lot more than I like the movie, but that's a that's a discussion for another day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Okay, so let's move on to part two here real quick, and then we'll just kind of discuss them overall. But part two picked up what eighty nine was that? Five years later, serious. Mm-hmm. So we come to find logically where they all are. And I think it makes sense where they all are. Um, They've moved on basically because they busted all the ghosts and people are still really questioning what the hell they're about. I mean, I I like the party scene where the, the kids saying that, you know, my dad says you're all a bunch of frauds. Yeah. It's Ivan Reitman's kids. A kid actually, Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's Ivan Reitman's kid. Uh, Jason Reitman, he's a director now these days. <laughs> Crazy, right? right? But, uh, you know, they're, they're all drawn back together, again, by Dana. And we go down this path where they're kind of taking a look at how the society of New York City is at that point in time with all the hostility and everything and how it's created or tainted this ectoplasm that is just kind of uh, really affecting the culture. And uh, maybe that's part of the reason that some people kind of rally against it, is that it's more of like, I don't want to say a political beast, but more has more to say about New York City instead of just busting ghosts. So Yeah, a little bit more so for sure. But overall, but, it was a positive. You know what I mean? It ended on a positive note. Yeah, yeah. It's it, the, the whole the whole message is you know be good to one another and you know shit'll be all right. You know, negativity only breeds bad stuff. So you know, you know, in a very simple kind of black and white way, it had a very positive message. And you know, I, I find it to be a very uplifting film. I don't know, like I can't see how people would like look at it and and kind of feel that it was a negative thing. You know. Um, I, I personally, I think, uh, I, I, I don't know. I think, you know, mob mentalities, how, how they kind of go these days with reviews and everything. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's the <phone. laughs> Fuck these people. Okay. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, you know, mob mentality these days with, you know, positive or negative reviews of anything, uh, I think existed to a degree back then. And, uh, I think that's probably what happened with the second film because look, Looking at it, you know, objectively, it's a good film. You know, it's funny. It's it hits all the right points. It's uplifting. It's uh, 
it's a good family film. It's actually pretty scary. Uh, you know, for, for, for a family film anyway, it's extremely scary. Um, you know, and, uh, I, I don't get it. I never understood the negative backlash against the movie. There's a lot, but you know, to this day, a lot of people swear up and down that it's bad. Oh, probably because Bill Murray, probably because of him. He was the first one to go like, oh, yeah, it didn't quite live up to, you know, my expectations or the standards that, that we had with the first one. And so when, you know, somebody who represents the whole thing comes out and says something like that, uh, it, it kind of it taints the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. But honestly, like even for myself, I remember having – in my teens, I remember thinking that it was more uh, uh, more the childish one of the two. They were trying to play it more down towards kids. Oh, you mean like the new one? <clears throat> no, I, I mean part two. Well, no, but, but it's yeah, like the yes, but it's like the new one. And see, now here's my problem: Bill Murray is sitting there singing the reboot's praises, and <laughs> instead of singing the reboot's praises, he should be—I um, don't know bashing it just like he did ghostbusters too <laughs> well in all fairness in all fairness uh sony paid him yeah. off let's just admit it in all fairness i haven't seen the movie yet i'm gonna see it because i'm that hardcore of a ghostbusters fan i don't have expectations good ones anyway um <laughs> god be with you no you know <laughs> but i got i gotta give the the production the benefit of the doubt until i see it just because you know i i know what it's like to make a movie and i know what trolls are like i've dealt with them before and i know you know i get that um but you know let's let's face it the trailers have made it look really 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 bad and tacky and gimmicky and cartoony and you know i i'm expecting all of that from the film but i'm again i'm giving it the benefit of the doubt i'm gonna see it and then pass judgment yeah and I, I will freely admit, though, having re-seen the second one recently, most of those opinions or thoughts are not really founded. I, I think it definitely stands up. It holds up. Um, and just like the first one, it has very, very fucking memorable scenes. Like, uh, and it mirrors it in the way they are. Definitely. Like the beginning of the second act with... Um, the first one is really the scene with Slimer where they get him in the hotel. Yes. And then that's the just opposed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's just opposed with the courtroom scene. The courtroom two. sequence. Right. Mm-hmm. And that that's an amazing sequence. They're structured very similarly. The right. Two, very. Right. And then. Uh, Don't forget Slimer driving the bus in part two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in, in part one, we get the chaos of all the ghosts set loose, and then we get the, almost the exact same in part two, and the, the hugely memorable, the Titanic arriving. That was funny. Better late than never. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you Great, he wishes uh, he had some reaper for that, yes. <laughs> yeah, that... Uh, that sequence is great, but yeah, the two the two movies are very similarly structured. I think that was one of the things that was kind of levied against it was how similar it was to the first one. But you know, you can look at that as a negative thing, or you can look at it as a positive thing. I tend to look at it as a positive thing as long as they're delivering something familiar but spun in a new way. I think a sequel succeeds. You know, uh, and I, yeah, again, fucking Ghostbusters shoe rocks, man. I love it. <laughs> um, 
I, I think it, it's a positive thing that they are structured the same, and I, I really think people should view it that way. And I, I think people are really going to start viewing these two even in more of a positive light. Yeah, after the new one comes out. Yep. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Most likely. I'm yeah. not ag- I'm, Look, I wasn't going to be against it. I was going to give it a chance, and then I saw – the first trailer, and I was like, "Oh my god!" It's it's a, like a it's a god awful trailer. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like somebody got fired and probably blacklisted for the rest of their career. Trailer, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, whoever was responsible for cutting that thing together, um, you know. It, but we're, <laughs> it's like a slippery slope. It's like the second you start talking about it, it's like, uh, oh, back into reboot territory. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna refrain. I'm gonna refrain. <laughs> As much as possible. At some point, I'm just going to explode, but I'll refrain. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. Those those two were iconic and classic and kind of really redefined, I guess, maybe even defined horror comedy. Oh, they absolutely defined horror comedy, at least for the next 30 or 40 years. I mean, I guess there were other things that defined horror comedy back in the day, you know, all those mashups, you know, but uh, – Three Stooges meets, you know, so on and so forth. But, uh, yeah, I mean, everything we see today is still trying, down to pixels, is still trying to be Ghostbusters. Yeah, and then they spawned comic books. They spawned cartoons. Mm-hmm. They they created a universe, and they they had the video game that pretty much plays out like a part three. Well, actually, someone oh, that was edited, that, edited that on YouTube and they made a Ghostbusters three out of it. It's like two hours and 22 minutes or something. Yeah. I'm not watching that. No offense to whoever, but that I'm not investing that much time into CGI characters. I will watch that before the reboot. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And I I really want to say that I know that Dan Aykroyd, Sorry, I felt the need to specify there for some fucking odd reason. Like I was talking about another Dan here. But anyway, <laughs> the, Dan had at least two solid scripts that he's even set out for a part three. And can we at least get a fucking comic book, a graphic novel, something? I, I want to know how he wanted to conclude that story. Yeah. I, I agree. I'd love to see that done in some form. Um, I mean, for a while they were saying that. You know, especially Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis were saying that the the game was kind of you know the conclusion or the next you know uh, canonical installment in uh, the series, um, and that a lot of their ideas went into that game that would have been the third movie. But I still think there's like a couple of very different approaches that that were you know pen went to paper, and you know we'll, we'll never hear or see of those because you know a reboot came along. Um, but uh, look, you know, for what it's worth, I actually kind of hope, you know, that 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 it's good, you know, in, in a way, because at least that gives us a chance of seeing a really good Ghostbusters movie at some point, rather than it just totally killing the franchise for another 20 or 30 years. You know what I mean? Which is what I'm really afraid of. That's the gamble you take when when you release a movie like this. It's such a big tentpole film. <clears throat> If if this fails, we're not going to hear it. Like they they'll have besmirched, so to speak, the Ghostbusters name, and we're not going to hear about it for a long time. And that, that kind of sucks. 
You're you're absolutely fucking right, man. Um, and you, let's talk about the future of it right now because we have this remake coming out, and I know that the that's been put out there that quite a few of the original cast are actually cameoing in it. Oh yeah, they even, they even put out Ramis. a trailer. And, oh, Harold Ramis is in the movie. I did, I don't know what he's doing, but they said it's a very touching cameo. I don't believe it. And they should burn it no, out for doing ki- it. You're kidding. You're kidding. No, he's in it. He's literally in it. I re- in one that's, of the reviews I read last night, which was an overall like, negative no, review. That's like digging up his corpse and like propping <clears throat> it up in front of the camera. Exactly. No. Exactly. No. But he's in it. I'm not saying I'm not saying that had he not approved, it wouldn't have been okay, but you don't do that with a dead actor. Right. No. I see, I could I could see that if it would have been a part three with the original cast, you know, saying goodbye. Yes. Because yes. they would have done that in a tasteful way, but to just bring him in, to well, bring him in. Let's see. Let, let's see. Maybe it's actually, maybe it's like the last Fast and the Furious movie. Maybe that'll be like the one good thing about it. <laughs> you know, how at the end of, I don't know if you guys watch the uh, Fast and Furious movies, but I, I, the last one with the whole tribute to Paul Walker, it's like the end is literally the only good thing about the whole movie. But, really? uh, I, have to, I have to watch that one yet. <laughs> it's I'm like behind. two hours for like five minutes worth of touching, actually touching genuine filmmaking. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. It, it, it could be. And I'm really kind of hopeful that they don't screw this up really fearful that they they've already screwed it up but the only positive thing that i have heard and my one friend has said it is that he's exposed his kid to the real ghostbusters cartoon and his kid says that this upcoming film looks like the cartoon come alive so that that's the only positive thing i can say about it is that you know it's appealing to a much younger audience, oh, okay. and yeah. hopefully, it has the cartoon sensibility to it. Right, but the cartoon is not all female, so I think the kid has something loose up in his head. I don't know. He's I mean, let, let's let's put <laughs> let's put it out there. I mean, demographics exist for a reason, right? You're not going to make a horror movie and expect little girls to go see it, or old or you know grandparents to go see it right you know demographics exist for a reason you make a movie for a demographic very few films you can make for everyone because vanilla doesn't really work unless you're talking about like comic book movies or whatever but that's the argument really isn't it is that that's what they're trying to do here right they're trying to turn this into a mega budget franchise that is inoffensive takes no risks and appeals to absolutely everyone and if you can go into it with that mindset and go into it kind of thinking that, all right, at best, th- this is going to introduce Ghostbusters to my kid or to my daughter or something like that, um, I can see it as a positive thing, and I think that's what they're doing. I don't really think this Ghostbusters is meant for us. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't mean that ironically. I mean, you know, they they set out to introduce Ghostbusters to a totally different audience. They said, "Here's the original demographic. Forget them. Let's make this movie for a totally different demographic." Now, if we're reintroducing uh, the world to Ghostbusters, let's reintroduce it in you know the most 2016 kind of way possible, 
and just like you know any other Marvel or 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 whatever you know comic book movie where it's pretty much you know it's got no balls, no teeth, nothing like that, and that's that's what bothers me. You know, is that it's something that I love that I grew up with. And they are taking it away. You know, it's not like, you know, you can argue the original movies are still there and everything, but they're making this movie based on, you know, the fandom of people like us. And at the same time, they're pushing us away. And I, I that, that hurts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? On, on a very personal level. Like, like, I love Ghostbusters, and now Ghostbusters doesn't love me back. Mm-hmm. And that kind of hurts. Um, you know, and they'll, and they'll, you know, the left will pretty much, you know, I'll put it out there. The left will come out and say, well, you're sexist or you're, you know, you're a masochist or you're racist or whatever if you don't like this movie. Mm-hmm. And the truth is that's not true at all. It's just a matter of there is a demographic for everything. And right now this Ghostbusters movie isn't really meant for people who grew up loving the originals. It's not. Uh, those movies were were sincere. Uh, let's talk at least the first one uh, specifically. It was a very sincere film. Um, that happened to have a lot of comedy in it uh, and and played, like you said, to kids and adults. It works on two different levels because it's that good a film. They're not even trying that over here. They're making no attempt to, to make a seriously good movie. They're, they're, they're basically aiming at the lowest common denominator. And ugh, I don't know. Ugh. <laughs> and that's the one ah. thing that I heard with, uh, with the review. They said overall, the move like they said the script just it would have been better if the script would have been better. And they said like the CGI is kind of like eh, but um, they said overall it just falls flat. And he rushes along and he doesn't explain characters or you know he introduces them and doesn't flesh them out properly. It's just you know what it feels like to me. It's going to be before. a good kids movie, I think. That's it. Well, then why did they rate it PG thirteen? <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. It feels like to me before, and I've said this before, is they got the guy that made Bridesmaids and shit like that, right? So and, make Bridesmaids too and leave fucking Ghostbusters alone. Asshole. And they wanted it to be raunchy and along that line, and then fucking Goosebumps come out and they're like, oh shit, you know, this would be perfect for that market. Make it Goosebumps. And, and that's what it really feels like to me. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it has elements of that raunchiness. And then it just, you watch the rest of it, and it looks like goosebumps. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's really hitting that 13 right on the head. Uh, it's, it's PG-13 right on the head. Uh, it's meant for kids, I would say. Again, not having seen it, but I'm, I'm making a wild guess here that it's meant for kids from ages, you know, let's say... Eight to thirteen or fourteen or fifteen, um, you know, bright colors, you know, lots of special effects, that kind of thing. Um, but we'll see. May, you know, <laughs> we'll see. I, I I hate to sit there and trash something that I haven't seen because I that somebody doing that to me, mm-hmm. I I would personally feel like total shit. And you know, I gotta wait at least to see it until I can love you any kind of really harsh criticism at it. But in all fairness, it's not going to be – the. It, 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 no matter how good it is, it's not going to be anywhere close to what the original Ghostbusters was. They're not trying for that. They're not swinging for the fences. They're swinging for, for you know that safety zone, making sure they make their money back and that they can sell it to as many people as possible. 
uh, and and not really take any risks or, you know, eh. that's what's that's what's so much fun about those first two movies, man. They're they're raunchy. They 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 curse. They you know they're real. There's a grittiness to them. They feel like they're they're they're, they're a slice from the real world, you know. And and here we're going into pure comic book land. Yeah. Yeah, and that's truly the difference. Um, now, I, I'm going to do something I usually don't do. I'm going to try and be optimistic here. Uh, so if if you have children and they're interested, by all means, support th- this. Oh, God, I can't believe I said that. If you are actually interested. I'm going to be sick. <clears throat> go yeah, I got to agree with you, man. <clears throat> but past that. There's always the originals. So go back yeah. and watch the fucking classics and enjoy truly classic cinema. All right, guys, before we actually leave here, though, is there anything in closing that you want to discuss real quick about Ghostbusters? There's a dancing toaster in part two. What <laughs> the fuck? I, I mean, come on. <laughs> Well, here's the uh, thing, people. I'm going to leave on a high note, and then I'm going to leave Brian leave us off on an intelligent note. Yes. Obviously, he's the most intelligent of the three of us right now. So here's the thing. Now nah, I'm just watching what I say. <laughs> <laughs> You're better than me, buddy. Better than me. Please, by all means, remember the classics. Remember all those fucking great memories you had watching them. Remember walking around like that little fucking jackass with a cheap plastic proton pack on your back remembering that just when you thought you were the baddest motherfucker on the planet with that fucking thing or your little action figures Mm -hmm. or your your fucking real Ghostbusters coloring book whatever it was remember and hold on to that and cherish that because no matter how great or fucking horrible this film is they can't take that from you no, they can't. Not at all. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah. Ghostbusters is just something that, you know, even if, like, like you were saying, go out there, see the film. If you don't like it, don't recommend it to the next person. Give it a shot, though, if you're interested, especially if you have kids. And the great thing is, if they're interested in more Ghostbusters afterwards, they don't have to wait for another sequel to this one. You can introduce them to the most amount of awesome Ghostbusters stuff. You know, right now, right away, you know, go out and buy the, the freaking, you know, uh, DVD set of uh, the firehouse set of the real Ghostbusters. Show them the first few seasons of that. Ghostbusters 1 and 2 are movies that you can play endlessly. I mean, like, they've got hours and hours and hours of lore to come back to if they're even remotely interested in the universe once they see the new movie. And, uh, hey, fingers crossed, maybe it'll be good. I'll be happy to say that it's good if it is, honestly. All right, so (laughs) there we have it. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Turns out you were the absolute perfect man for this. You were, actually. You (laughs) really were. (laughs) I can see it now. Hashtag fan film director slams new Ghostbusters reboot. (laughs) Hashtag sexist. Hashtag man hate. Blah, 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 blah. You were the voice of reason. I cannot be that voice of. Re- I wish I could be the voice. I don't of think reason. I'm that reasonable. I, I, to be honest with you, I feel like I just shot my mouth off way too much already. <laughs> no, not at all. No, definitely not. 
definitely. But on a completely unrelated note, uh, please pay attention. Brian has a new project coming out called Ghost Smashers. Yeah. <laughs> Can you yes, put Slimer yeah. in it, please? Like, not, not the new <laughs> reboot Slimer, the original Slimer. Have them drive stars, a bus or it something. It stars four aliens. We're trying to appeal to a totally different demographic. Uh, you know, the, the, I think we're I think we're gonna make some real social strides with this one. Nice, nice, nice. All right, so Brian, thank you so much for joining us, and everyone else, uh, thanks for fucking listening to this. Um, I I don't know why you're still here. Get just get the fuck out of here. The show's over. Goodbye. Get a life. Yes. Bye. Press yeah. stop. And then rewind, because you gonna, have to be rekind. Well, I'll charge you 50 cents if you don't. So. <laughs> Later, fuckers. Later. Later, guys.
Happy New Year. Stay fit, keep sharp, make good decisions. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Oh, it's you. Okay, but I didn't know you had your license. That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.